Hello and welcome to Dank Ferrick, a Star Wars podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Carlos, and I'm here with the other host, Tyler Mendelson. And today we're going to talk about the two-part finale for season one of The Bad Batch. Um, previous to this recording, uh, Tyler has told me that he don't need no notes because I he don't has... need no notes <laughs> because he has a lot of, a lot in his mind for this for this uh, two-parter. We usually write like a Google Doc with like different bullets of like what we want to talk about just so we like stay on track. But, you know, I feel pretty fresh. I've watched the episodes a couple times now. I feel uh, I feel pretty confident. And, you know, what do you feel about general thoughts first, of course? Oh, so we're just going to jump right into it, huh? Yeah, let's do it. No foreplay. All right. As I'm a little bit mixed, I will Mm. say I think. As far as moving the story along, I think it worked out pretty well. I think it was successful in that it hit the emotional tone we needed it to with all of the main characters. Um, It basically got us to where we needed to go with Crosshair and his involvement back with the, the Bad Batch and sort of like coming to a crossroads with that where, you know, we sort of like see what's going to happen between the the group and him. And I feel like that was probably the most important portion. And it sort of thrusted us into this new era, which I'm sure bed batch season two will start, start to explore um, with, you know, this, this season finale focused on the destruction of Camino, which I think Mm -hmm. represented a lot of, you know, it represented the clone wars. It represented the clones themselves. It represented this old era and now it's ushering in the new era of the empire with the stormtroopers and all that times. stuff. Yeah, the empire. And for, I think it was important for Camino to be destroyed and for us to see that because we got to see literally like this new era ushered in, where the old ways are gone and the clones themselves, which you know we focus this show on the Bad Batch. We're seeing it through their perspective of, wow, this is a new age where we're not needed anymore and we're we're basically old news and they're they're trying to replace us with, you know, normal people and we have to fight to survive in this new world. So I think it hit the nail on the head with that. I liked what they did with the Bad Batch, uh, you know, dealing with Crosshair and their emotional conflict with him. And, you know, I was a little disappointed with, like I felt like this could have been like a three-part trilogy sort of like season finale where I felt like a little bit more could have happened. I feel, you know, I read a lot of the comments on uh, the Star Wars pages and stuff, and a lot of people were disappointed with the finale. I wasn't that disappointed, but people felt like it was a little underwhelming, like not too much happened. It was sort of like a carryover from uh, episode 15 where, you know, they're just trying to escape Kamino as it's being destroyed. And like, we sort of got some of the emotional stuff between the Bad Batch and Crosshair, but we didn't really get any kind of furthering along with the plot line other than Mm -hmm. that. So I think that's what people were underwhelmed about. But I I was fine with it because it's still the first season. It's leading us into so many different things. There's still so much stuff to look forward to. And, you know, we don't have to get everything at once. I feel like people just have to, like, they're just expecting 
everything to happen at once and they're not satisfied because they're just used to these, you know, these uh, gimme, gimme, gimme's with everything they've been handed from previous content. But, you know, I'd rather look forward to future seasons and future episodes rather than get all the things that I want at one time. So mm. I'm satisfied with it. And, you know, I, I feel like it. they did a good job with it. Well, look at you. Oh, that, I wasn't expecting this. Are you surprised? You're surprised. Yes, I am uh, surprised to be sure, but a welcome one. Um, <laughs> so here's the thing. I I watched the, the finale just, just today, and uh, you, you kind of have to judge them together, I think, a little bit, the part yeah. one and part two. Um, part one ramped it up to, to make it seem like part two was going to be action-heavy. Because, you know, it left you at the most climactic moment. Right. And it really wasn't. Right? The plot happens in part one. The character stuff happens in part two. Uh, which is which is cool. But I understand why people would be underwhelmed by that. Right. Because it, yeah. it, it is not a bombastic uh, conclusion. Uh, but I, I kind of see it, though. It's it's kind of like a, a thing where I also was kind of expecting it to be, or I felt the show set it up to be kind of a crazy, bombastic ending, um, and it wasn't. And it was a little bit more character-driven, which was fine, but I also feel like uh, what is... Um, I, I was kind of wearing thin of Omega a little bit, to be honest. Um, I felt like her involvement... Um, was kind of I mean it's Star Wars so it's supposed to be like cheesy uh, life lessons but it, it feels like it's hammering on the same beats throughout the whole season and it doesn't feel too much like there was you know at the end of the movie or a TV show you're supposed to have learned something um, and it doesn't I don't know if, if it felt like that character in particular um, learned something that she didn't know before like I feel like her her lesson was learned way earlier in the season, and I, I mean she's the protagonist really in all these shows. Like Ahsoka is the kid and she's the protagonist of the Clone Wars. Ezra, same thing. And at the end of the day, you know the adults are important characters, but you know the little guy, the the one whose eyes we're seeing through, is the protagonist. And I don't feel like I I I felt that growth, but rather she was affecting other people. It's kind of like the Superman syndrome, you know how they say that Superman is a boring character because he doesn't change, but rather everyone changes around him. Uh, so I felt that a little bit, but it was cool to see her like talk to to Crosser. That was cool, and kind of uh, especially that last scene when she says like you're their bro- you're still their brother and mine too. Uh, that was cool. Uh, I liked. Uh, I thought it was super uh, tense and crisp when. Uh, Crosshair rescued AC and and Omega in the process at the end when they were about to drown. Uh, th- that was one moment where like the 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 switcheroo, uh, I bought it. You know, I thought he was gonna shoot Hunter, and that was a a great great moment. And it happened at the end, so you know that was a fun climactic moment. Yeah, but in general, I felt like the stuff happened in in part one. I feel it's usually inverse, you know, like the character building usually happens at the beginning of a film. And then at the end, you get to have the fun bombastic stuff because you already set up the characters and you already give a shit. 
but in this one it felt a little bit backwards in that sense if that if that makes any sense um yeah. i also like the, the that we we well it's the most of the stuff that i liked ha actually happened in part one it, it's really what it is um fun revelations you know the underwater camino system that was kind of cool yeah uh the uh, another great thing about it is um the bombing of camino the end of camino uh we hear the music cue from attack of, did you notice that the music cue from right, attack of yeah. the clones yep. that we hear which is so full circle like the first time we see camino we hear that and then mm -hmm. this is actually the last time which is kind of bittersweet to say, say it out loud yeah. um but it, yeah it, it does feel like a transition era uh a transition episode um It kind of the end when Nalase is like getting to the cloning facility with the with the person the doctor who had uh, Doctor Pershing's you know from the Mandalorian. It, they're clearly setting up uh, Palpatine's cloning, and uh, you know well, what I want to see. Seen, we haven't seen Doctor Pershing in animated. Form, no, but we did we see haven't. a woman wearing his same sort of uniform. Right. So it's kind of so like it's, that's sort of alluding like we're probably right. going to see Doctor Pershing or something along the lines of the work that he's been doing. Exactly. And, you know, I'm fine with that. I just don't want them to, like, try to shoehorn in all of the justifications for <laughs> the sequel trilogy. Like, you know, the failures of the sequel trilogy rest on that trilogy itself. And I, like, as much as I would like to see more explanations for the things we saw and, like, the plot line and things that we weren't able to get answers from in that, I don't want them to feel like they're obligated to shoehorn that stuff in just to justify what we saw and had to experience just for their mistakes. Well, I don't know. It's a matter of perspective because I, at the end of the day, I don't feel like it's a justifying thing, but rather enhancing, which is as the long same as thing. it fits in the story. I'm fine with it. Right. But, you know, if it feels like they're detracting from the plot line just to fit in, explanations for things we weren't able to see in the sequel trilogy, then I don't want it. Right. Well, I think Mando is probably going to take care of that a little bit more because it's yeah. closer in the timeline. Right. But um, you know what I want to see? And it's a, it's a loose end from Clone Wars, which every loose end in Clone Wars is coming up in this fucking show. Yeah. Is, um, you remember the Silo Beast episode? The It was like a Godzilla uh, kind of episode where they in, they're in Malister, And they're bombing. It's like a Hiroshima thing where they're bombing a a, a sacred uh, hole or whatever. They're using like some weapon to kill droids, and they, this creates a hole in the ground. And like some oh, ancient creature yeah. comes up. Yeah. Some ancient creature comes up from underground. It's kind of like a, Go a, a Godzilla thing, uh, where like the weapons created the beast. And then right. it's the, the first. It's a two part. The first part is a Godzilla episode, and the yeah. second part is a King Kong episode because they bring it to yeah. Coruscant. Because Palpatine wants to study it, <laughs> <laughs> and then it starts fucking up the buildings, and you know it gets in the on the top of Empire State or whatever the the Coruscant equivalent is, <laughs> equivalent, and uh, yeah. and um, at the end of the 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 episode, they kill the beast. This is in season two of the Clone Wars. This is talking 2010, and the last scene of that episode is Palpatine telling the one of the scientists, like, "I want you to clone it." Um, and that's never brought up again. We ne yeah, we never heard. From never that. brought up again in in canon in general. I think the Silo Beast appears in like one comic at some point, but it's I don't think it's the same cloned Silo Beast. Uh, and this is a clo a, a show about clones. 
That uh, would be a cool, <laughs> like, sort of, like, random-ass enemy that the Bad Batch has to team up to, yes. to destroy, you know? Yeah, and they're bringing stuff like that back around, like, even stuff like the Deserter, you know, that uh, uh, that he was in the, in the second episode of this season. He was a, a character, a standalone character from, like, yeah. season two. Yeah. And uh, you would... Yeah, exactly, cut. And you wouldn't expect that to be brought back. And I feel like this is, like, perfect for them to... to When they're doing their shitty experimentations with cloning. Yeah. Uh, for them to, like, show a seal beast. That is a good point. For me, I'm mainly looking forward to what I know is going to happen where we get interaction between the Alpha and the Omega. And oh, yeah. We get some of the Boba Fett omega interaction and see how they interact with each other and learn that they are brother and sister the only unaltered clones of their genome and um i'd like to see more of boba fett sort of fitting into his legacy as the best bounty hunter in the galaxy you know he has to take cad bane down it's it's (laughs) basically written into the story already so I'm waiting for it to happen. I mean, it might not happen in this show. They might bring it into Book of Boba Fett and just stretch it out to end up being in that timeline. But, you know, regardless... They I can set it more... up. They can yeah, set they up can the beef still... here. Yeah. Exactly. So it doesn't have to happen now, but I, I just want to see more of that and see how the Bad Batch interacts with him too because they've never met... They I don't think they met Jango Fett, and no. I certainly they met boba either so they've never met anyone besides omega who's you know basically a perfect pure clone of Django. um right and so they do I, mention I in this in this episode which was the thing we discussed last time we speculated about the fact that she's older than them she was around when yeah. they were being created yeah which is so funny. uh what does that mean like uh I, I i feel like she's she's probably as old as boba uh, like I really don't think she neck. is. I think, and they just kept her Boba, underwater the whole time. And and Django I think, didn't know. I think Boba is still older. Cause think about it, when Boba was made, right? You remember yeah. how, um, you know, episode two, mm-hmm. you, we got, we got the Cami no one's talking about it, and we got um, Lama Sue talking about basically. He asked for only one thing, and it was an on altered clone for himself and boba was literally the very first clone they did him first before any other clones sure omega might have been like a behind the scenes secretive thing yeah but i i feel like boba was still created before any other clones were made and that was like their test subject and then they're like okay it it works like let's go ahead and do this and then they spliced it and did it you know the way they wanted to for the, the you know the actual clone army but I think Boba's still going to be the older brother because Omega, we've seen Boba in earlier, you know, like Clone Wars episodes and he's a specific age. And I think Omega is just around like 10 years old now. So where Boba was mm-hmm. sort of like at the start of the Clone Wars, I think Boba's probably like 14, 15, 16 at this point. I see Boba being like 14, maybe 15 at this I, point. I just think he's going to be older. Yeah, Omega seems to me like maybe twelve, um, but she's just like an innocent. She's like uh, like you know those people who like are homeschooled and they just like innocent yeah. about everything. And she's so like she's damn a, pure. Like she, yeah. Literally, it doesn't matter if someone tries to kill her five seconds ago. She is gonna try to save them. 
if they're in trouble like she just is this perfectly moral like good character and yeah i i feel like season two needs to break her a little bit like make her more of a dark character like i mean she doesn't have to essentially change exactly who she is but i think she needs tragedies that change her to where it actually affects her you know yeah i don't want episode after episode of things happening to her and the squad and then her never changing at all because that's not character growth no and it's bound we to need happen. something to happen yeah. it's bound to happen because if you, even if you look at the like at Ezra, right he starts yeah. out as like a, as he's going through his jedi path and then in like season two season three he goes a little bit darker you know he starts hanging right. out with yeah. maul <laughs> and you know <laughs> He's he's smoking pot in the room, you know, shit like that. <laughs> I feel like uh, eventually when she goes out and sees more of the world, when she becomes more of a moody teenager, it's bound to happen that it, she, she'll get darker, uh, yeah. which is part of the journey, of course. Uh, right. But, um, yeah, I feel like Omega is one of those characters that I'm still, I'm still trying to figure it out. You know, right. or in the sense that she's so perfect that I'm like, is that is that all? Like, what is it? But I I, I feel like I should just give her a chance because we're playing the long game here. But um, remember, like, I mean, you you speculated that she had force powers. Yes, I was saying like maybe she has an ability to like take other powers from like or has like different powers from the other Bad Batch. Yeah. And, sort of like combined skills of all of them. And we haven't really explored anything with her specialty, like what she really could do. So yeah, and I still I, think I there's think something there's a lot to be explored. I yeah, I think, I think there's more to be explored. I don't think it's it's necessarily related to the force, but I, I don't think, think it's a, the force there's, anymore. There's a higher sure. purpose to why she was created. Right? Yeah. She's supposed to be the the Omega the Alpha to the, the Omega to the Alpha of Django's legacy. So what does that mean? Like that that they, must I, have a I meaning that, for the Kevin Owens. For me, that means like she's the perfect clone. She's the Gen three of right. you know the the but evolution what, of the clones. What, what, why is that better than the pre, like you know that that like one of the, the details of? All right. Well, for understand, me, take right. take it this way. All right. Speculation. Yeah. Uh, Nalase created the Bad Batch, right? Mm-hmm. And you hear Crosshair talking about like why they were made. They're they're better than the average clones. They're not regs. Right. And they all have these specialty skills. For me, I look at Omega, which is like her prized possession. She's like her child, essentially. And mm-hmm. I think Omega has to be like the perfect embodiment of a Django Fett clone. Like all, every like sort of skill power and like, technical you know skill set combined to make the perfect clone that's that's what i look at and like as what i think omega sort of like brings to the table but yeah so so i thought you know what's what the cool thing was uh uh, you may fire when ready oh yeah of course i mean that what is that the third time tarkin said it yes because we got it in uh we got it episode four we got it in rogue one and now we got it in bad bash yeah, and I also felt like uh, Rampart, who was a character, he he was like whatever. He's he such was just a like, douche. Yeah, but he was like throughout the season. To me, he, he didn't stand out particularly. I thought no. he was just like a random imperial yeah. asshole. But I feel like he's getting better defined now. Like I, I like him more as an as a villain I need, now. But he he's too much of a stereotypical imperial officer. I need more 
to to make him stand out because he right now he's just a stock imperial officer like he has not done a single thing that makes him like distinct in any way right yeah i, no, I feel from him. yeah I, I want but you know you shouldn't uh no i feel the same way <laughs> i feel the si- <laughs> i feel the same way I, I, that's what i meant like throughout the season i always felt he was like generic yeah. And I still think he kind of is, but like in this last episode, like the, the last episode started with him looking down and the animation, like the facial animation is getting so good in this show. Oh, I know. Uh, and uh, you could tell like he was just like an asshole, you know, and uh, I feel like I'm, I'm warming up to him as a villain a little bit more. And I'm sure in right. season two, we'll get, we'll get more and, and he'll be even eviler, uh, mustache twirling and everything. But... Give me, Give me your top speculation of like a big plot point for season two for season two like well, just a, just a major thing that you think will happen okay i don't know if the syllabus will be brought in season two but i feel like the syllabus is gonna be brought in at some point i feel like even if it was that wouldn't be like a major thing though like i'm talking like you know major actual plot point for the trilogy and you know the the story for at everything. large for everything um okay i think well one of the things that we speculated about for this season which didn't happen was ahsoka Ooh, yeah. and um what what happened with rex rex was in on a mission yeah. right we never yeah. we never heard from him again nope um and Gregor was chilling with Sid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gregor was just chilling. Um, I feel like, well, you know, I feel like Ahsoka is going to show up at some point of the show. I I, I, I speculated that it was the last uh, episode of right. the season. I it like that they're sa- I, I I like that they're saving it though, because we have somewhere else to go. Exactly. There's more to look forward to. Yeah. Exactly. All right. For me. This is this is big for me. Um, I really wanted to see something that was sort of in Legends before, um, which is the Clone Uprising. Mm. And basically, so like way back in the day, two thousand five, Battlefront two. Yeah. Um, there was a mission where you, as a newly designated stormtrooper, have to go and quell a basically a clone uprising on Kamino. And they use the old Jango Fett template to fight the Empire with all the clones that they have left. And the stormtroopers basically shut them down and destroy it. We didn't get to see that, obviously, because Kamino got destroyed. But the seeds are there for a clone sort of rebellion. We saw, um, what's his name? Uh, what, is it? what is that clone trooper's name? Who, Kregers? No, 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 no. The, the one with the green armor. Hauser? Hauser, yes. Yeah. We saw Hauser. I, I don't think Hauser's chip activated or maybe it got destroyed somehow. Maybe he was in an explosion or whatever. And his chip didn't go off or it's no longer active. And he's sort of questioning what's going on um, with the Empire yeah. and what their, what their activity is. And a lot of the other clone troopers threw their weapons down to join him because he sort of talked them out of it. That was just a little tease. We haven't seen what happens to him. And, you know, we see Gregor basically throwing away his weapons. He didn't want any part of it. Uh, Rex, I think, will lead this sort of rebellion. 
I think and the Bad Batch will. The Bad Batch too, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think the seeds are still there and they're in motion for because we still have to see this full absolute transition into the Empire and the Stormtroopers, and I think it's a, it would be a great way to phase out the clone storyline by having a group of them literally rebel against the empire and get massacred probably i mean because but it's got to be an honorable you know end uh, I but i the, I, I, very I like that end. i like that and uh but i feel i feel like that's not i feel like that's just the end of the show actually like i feel like the bad batch will have to die at the end of the show and uh, it's going to be like a, an all-out war. It's going to be like the climax of the thing. is going to be like, okay, yeah. just all clone troopers who remain stand together against the Empire. And they're yeah. going to do like a last-ditch effort, and it's going to be fucking epic. But we're in agreement uh, here, right? That Yes. Think Bad Batch yes. will probably die, but Omega will live. Yes. And, 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 I, and I, I actually think we're going to see her in Book of adult, Boba Fett. Adult Omega, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Which is going to be... Who are they, they're going to put a wig on... Yeah, the get uh, Tamora. No, no, no. Imagine, yeah. Well, Tamora Morrison is just gonna do like drag. (laughs) No, it would have to be. It would have to be. Um, what's his name? Who played the the Daniel Logan? Daniel Logan. It would have to be Daniel Logan's woman, right? Because yeah, it's young. Because Django is like, or or, sorry, Boba is like what forty five ish. Yeah. Well, yeah, would have to be a little younger. But he probably yeah well right speculation still he he still looked like Tamora Morrison (laughs) (laughs) at this point ah the Polynesian spa (laughs) uh that'd be fucking weird now that I think about it he must have like a sister or something someone they can use for the production but but think about it look at look at like what they did with Loki right they got a completely different actress to play a female Loki. And yeah, it's a little different because it's like an alternate timeline version of Loki. Yeah. yeah but yeah. still, you you understand what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't yeah, literally yeah. have to be Daniel Same. Logan with a fucking wig or your uh, Tamara Morrison with a wig. Like, it could literally be someone who just looks similar. You're right. It's true. It's true. Yeah, that would be cool. But it would be and it would. But I still like. We still have to wait till we see what Omega's real purpose is. Exactly. And then we'll, we'll probably be able to figure out. Because like, what, look at what happened place? with look at what happened with um, how close in time, uh, Mando season one and two both tied in uh, episode nine and like the the force heal that yeah Grogu that happened like that like right, the, the, right the first within like a week and a half of each other yeah yeah they they were like you know, the story they timed were, it perfectly because they knew they knew they couldn't just like throw that out there and then not have any kind of explanation for it. So like, they're like, Oh, well make Grogu do it too. You know? Yeah. But it, well, it's, we can see it's something cool. like that. Yeah. But that, that type of shit is cool. Uh, where they, they kind of coordinate. Same thing happened yeah. in rebels when Sagara popped up in rebels, like the weekend that Rogue one came out, you know? Right. So they, they, and you know, they have to coordinate these things years in advance. Yeah. This animation, yeah. you know, you have to, Plan it out in the movies yep. too, of course. Yep. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's actually really interesting that we could actually see Omega in, in live action in the Book of Boba Fett. And, and I really now hope that, we do. And but I, I feel like they're gonna meet uh, Boba Fett and her. They're gonna meet in in, in, in the Bad, Bad Batch. Batch. Yeah, 
And it'll be interesting, actually, to see what their dynamic will be like. Will they actually be like brother and sister? Um, it I don't know. Like, is he going to have a soft spot for her? Or is he going to be, like, rejectful? You remember in, in Clone Wars, Boba Fett was always like, you're not my... He told the clones that he wasn't their brother. And right. he was trying to be... But he was still, like, soft. He, but he at the same hardened. time... So, so if you look at, like, the the lore and the comics and everything, it sort of addresses how Jango felt about the clones. And he didn't give a fuck about them. Like, mm-hmm. truly. But, so, I'm sure he taught that same thing to Boba. But Boba probably doesn't know that Omega exists. And if right. Boba realizes that there's another unaltered clone, I think he'll really take to her as being his sister and like actually care about her. So there's a lot of like cool, juicy story that could come up with that. A lot of characterization. You remember in, in, um, in Mando that Boba pledged his allegiance to, to I, Mando because... Yeah, I pledge my allegiance to no one. Yeah, but but he said like I'm gonna help you get the child because, you know, because I failed you or something like that. You remember? It's not because he, he, he failed him. It's because he gave him his word that he would provide the right. safe protection of the child to get right. his armor back. Yeah, but I, what, what I'm trying to wonder is about Boba Fett's honor system and about he's a man of his word. Right. That's what but it's about. If that if that formation comes in any sense from his experiences with his sister you know given that she's such a pure character like how does she affect him and vice versa right yeah Uh, like going forward that's gonna be interesting um but i do like what you're saying about the like the clone uprising i think the the writings on the wall yeah i think the the boba fett uh cad bane meeting is is also uh written it's you know and ahsoka showing up it's also like those three things oh oh wait let's one thing uh Sagar era saw him earlier in the season uh expected him to show up again uh, i thought he was gonna play some part but it's gonna be probably later right it's gonna be in yeah. either season two or or even later than that i think we'll see him in season two at least once yeah exactly uh, there's a purpose to him, and I feel like um, maybe showing him, showing Shams and Dula, uh, showing Rex, and eventually Ahsoka probably, is kind of like showing the bones of the rebellion. Yeah, I assume at some point we're we're gonna see Bail Organa, even if if it's way later. We'll see him uh, because he was also like giving Ahsoka missions. We know from like the books. Right. Uh, she was doing she was fulcrum and um yeah i don't know i i feel like there's it's good that this this season didn't give everything you know it didn't they didn't go full in and they have stuff to go towards which usually i'm critical about it because i'm always like you know do whatever you do it like this is the last thing you'll you'll ever do uh but given that they already it's star wars and like you know they're already guaranteed. Disney has more money than God. It's already guaranteed to have more seasons. They they just can do whatever they want. But at the uh, same time, I don't think Dave Filoni... So, I mean, look at Rebels. I don't think Dave Filoni will stretch out the story to past what is necessary to tell the story. No, absolutely. Yeah, he cut off Rebels in season four. Four, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I really... So 
like I was watching Star Wars Explained on YouTube, and they yeah. were speculating how long they think it'll be. And they basically said, like, maybe three or four seasons. And I, mm-hmm. I would sort of agree with that. I think probably three or four seasons, not anything past that. Yeah, also because it's a period of transition, right? Yeah. So you don't want that transition to be too long. Otherwise, it's yeah. kind of like, it doesn't make sense. Right. Uh, we always speak about Dave Filoni and about how great he is and all the fans do. But I also want to give a shout out to to the two showrunners. Uh, you know, he's an executive producer. But the supervising director is actually uh, Brad Rao, yeah, and and the head writer Jennifer Corbett, and they're really the, like the the guys who are in the breaking the shit down in the room. You know, mm-hmm. Dave is more like a figurehead the way uh, George was in Clone Wars. He has the but, overall story, but they right. they're the ones who hammer out the details and make it all come together. Exactly, uh, Brad Rao is the the supervising director, which was the the role that Dave had in the Clone Wars. So I feel like people should give them. Uh, more credit because they're really getting the shit right. You know, it feels like Star Wars instantly, and uh, it's one thing to have, uh, you know, Filoni as as a more of like an overseer, but for these people to be executing at such a high level, like they they get this shit right out of the gate, and it's right. it's really promising that there's talent in Lucasfilm aside from Filoni that really get it and like can get it right. Right. It it feels very much like the Master Apprentice situation where like he's teaching the next generation how to make Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously give a lot of credit to Dave Filoni, but I think as a company, Lucasfilm has learned so many lessons from what has happened with the sequel trilogy, which, I mean, it's unfortunate that it, it happened that way, but I, I think it's at a positive at this point. Like they've learned their lessons and they're not willing to make the same mistakes for probably money's sake, for their fandom's sake, for a lot of things. But they have the groundwork for excellent storytelling through Dave Filoni and his teachings that he learned from George. And I mean, that at the base, the base of all of it, it's literally just the magic of George Lucas and what his imagination was able to come up with and make sure it's it's true to Star Wars and what Star Wars is. And I think... If you stick to that, then you you really can't go wrong. And I think they they kind of figured that out. And I'm just excited to see what else is in store. But I think uh, I think we're absolutely gonna be getting back on the right page with everything else that's gonna come out. Can't wait for Mandalorian season three. Uh, actually, Kenobi well, series just wrapped filming too. Yes, yes, which is exciting too. Very exciting. Really when do you is. when do you think that's gonna come out? 2022. No, it is. It's supposed it to is anyway. Confirmed. Okay. That that is supposed to come out in twenty twenty two. Andor is as well. Andor but, is you know, at the same time, really. No, at the same same, the same, same year. year. Okay. So, so probably spread out. Okay. Uh, season two of uh, this show, The Bad Batch, is also confirmed. Yep. Um, but yeah, so so there's a bunch of shit that's coming up next there, year. Th- yeah, there's just so much juicy fucking content coming out. And not even like not a movie oh. and it's great because you can yeah. you can you can wait for that. We can wait for the Patrick Jenkins movie and have be satiated with Star Wars and TV. I'm more Which excited actually, for the Taika Waititi movie. Yeah. Yeah. How come what is it? I think like, he, I I just think he's an excellent filmmaker and I know that he's that a is. big fan of Star Wars and I know that he can make a perfect, like, sort of comedic, like, that sort of, like, old George Lucas comedy. 
and make it like a good fucking story, you know? Right. Like, I have full faith in him as a filmmaker. No, I Patty love Jenkins him as a is a great director too, but like Taika yeah. is just fucking. Oh, I just love that guy. But also, like the the thing that I'm apprehensive about Taika is that his humor is like extremely goofy, uh, and it's one of the things that I've. Even though he directed an episode of The Mandalorian, so I feel like he already had a taste of what the Star Wars tone should and shouldn't be. Uh, I felt like, uh, what was it? Uh, Thor Ragnarok. Like, the first two movies were kind of serious, and then he just kind of made fun of it in the third one, which is fine. I thought Thor Ragnarok was probably the best Marvel movie, in no, all it, honesty. But like, the whole thing is that he, he, he makes fun of it, right? So that's yeah, why it's but, fun. But it wasn't that goofy of comedy to where it's like... It was pretty fucking you know, goofy. Austin Powers goofy. Did you see or, Jeff Goldblum in that movie? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's goofy, but like it's like Star Wars is very goofy at its core. True. And true. I think he's a competent enough filmmaker to not overdo it. Like right, right, right. Look, look, look at how Last Jedi was trying to balance itself between being like super dark and serious and like really fucking goofy and stupid, like. The, the mother jokes in the beginning of the movie and like it just wasn't hitting with the comedy i think taika waititi knows comedy and he knows how to do successful like star wars type comedy and not overdo it so i'm excited right. for well, that I'm, i hope you're right i just hope it doesn't go off the rails well Maybe. actually i, I kind of do hope it goes off the rails <laughs> <laughs> fuck it let's just try it <laughs> there'll just be another movie the next year i trust or whatever him. i trust <laughs> Patty Jenkins, I think, is the one like um, the Wonder Woman movies. I feel like they're they're kind of it's kind of old school Hollywood to me. Wonder Woman two sucked. Well, yeah, Wonder Woman two wasn't that great, but um, it kind of felt corny, but in a but in a way that I feel feel Star Wars often is. So yeah, I I mean, I think she's a great director. I you know, it's not anything against her. I just. No, the first Wonder Woman was so much better. But you know, That's I mean, true, I'm ex- I'm excited for all the all of this content coming out. Yeah, and we still yeah. haven't heard anything else about a Ryan Johnson movie or trilogy coming out. So I'm all for it. Let's just <laughs> let's keep that never happening. And uh, you know, oh, he can he great. can make Knives Out 38 for all I care, and just stay the fuck away from Star Wars. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be great! A great trilogy. He's he, dude, Carlos. Do you fully believe? Like you're like. You're like a kid whose dad abandoned him, and you just like have that false hope that he's coming back. Like he Bro, just he's, he's he never just went to get back. a uh, 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 yeah. He went he went to go get pick up the milk. He went to yeah, go pick exactly. up the milk. Exactly. <laughs> Ryan He'll Johnson is never coming back with that milk. I promise. Like Ray and Jakku, just waiting for her parents. <laughs> he's never coming back. <laughs> the belonging music is not behind we got, you. We got dark. Yeah. It is ahead. Yeah. Well, yeah. The show got dark, so. Uh, but yeah, so season one of the Man- Mando, sorry, <laughs> Bad no, Mando. They're a different show. <laughs> uh, now, uh, up next, The Book of Boba Fett. My favorite. Yes, yes. Speaking well, actually, of- Star Wars Visions, but, you know, whatever. Oh, fuck that. I mean, you know, that'll be like a cool little like side thing. Like, oh, this is this is neat. And then just never care about it again. Like, you right. Know? Yeah, it's it's just little anime it. side pieces. Like, who cares? I mean, I miss a video game. I want to. I want a Star Wars video game. I need my Fallen Order two. You know, Fallen Order two will happen. 
Yeah, it's, but I, it's I going, you know, it's, going to it's a perfect time to get. I it want that's another thing I want for uh, Bad Batch season two. I want Cal Kestis to come by. Well, they already showed Braca, so exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They could. They could. Yep. If they ever go back. What were you going to say? I thought you had Oh, the... I was going to say in... Let's see. What's today? Boba Fett. Today is the 16th. Um, In less than two weeks, I'm going to my first Comic-Con dressed as Boba Fett. Oh, nice. So yes. I am Where? fully fucking pumped. Well, there's, so there's a local... No, so there's a local one. It's happening in uh, Poughkeepsie. It's called the Mid-Hudson Comic-Con here in New uh-huh. York. Um, look, up, look him up there. Yeah, cool. if if anybody's going there, fucking come on by. I'm going on Sunday the 29th, and uh, I, you know, my first time going out as a cosplayer, and coming it's out party. Be legit. I'm I'm so fucking excited. I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. As nerdy as that sounds, like I I've wanted this for so long, so to finally do it is like I'm a kid on Christmas. I can't wait. Oh, uh, so cool, dude! I wish yep. I could be there. Yeah. Well, hopefully like we can, hopefully we can finagle our Star Wars celebration tickets for next year, and then we'll. Yeah, go. I know it's hard, but yeah. Well, listen, we'll but I mean, regardless of anyone else listening, if you'd like to go to Star Wars Celebration too, I suggest constantly be on the lookout for those tickets. I think they're only going to show up again, like right before, maybe like a couple weeks before. But Carlos, if either of us see those tickets pop up, I will without hesitation. If they're still available, buy two right on the right. spot. I yeah. like I will buy yours and then you same. just reimburse me. You do the same, same thing, same, you same. Them, and then we fucking go. Because otherwise, we will not get in there together. Yes. So, and oh, and the, this year is gonna be crazy with all the it, panels because everyone who bought them from twenty twenty, they got delayed, and right. now all those people are going to twenty twenty two, and so. They only have a few extra tickets that are going to be coming available. It's like, how many people are going to are they going to let in this space? Like, you know, and it's California, which is starting to see more lockdowns and shit again. Like, who yeah. knows if this is even going to happen? And then what if it gets pushed back again? And then it's like two years worth of Star Wars celebrations of people with tickets and like wanting to get in, and then we're never going to fucking go. And we're all starved. We just we just want to see Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen together on stage. Oh, I would and die. People will lose their fucking I mind. I would fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hello there. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> Jedi Kenobi. Uh, anyway. Guys, what do you think of the finale for season one of The Bad Batch? Uh, please let us know. Uh, no, seriously, we'll... let us fucking know because we're not getting any engagement on our social media, yes. and we want we want comments. We want to know what you guys actually think. We're not just bullshitting you. Let Send us, us fucking, fucking know what you think. Send us memes. Send us fucking titty pics of your big man boobs. I don't give a fuck. Send <laughs> yeah. us something. Talk to us. Let us know what you think. We're lonely. Please. <laughs> this isn't a desperate thing. This is just... Well, it is. I'm weak. <laughs> Too weak. Help me. Yeah. Well, guys, please let us know what you think. And of course, uh, may the force be with you. Always. Take very good.